live from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in Radio Land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics from uh, oh, wow. Just completely got something over the screen that I need to address. Uh, this is the best political talk show you've never heard of is Backroom Politics from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. Joining in studio is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade, who served at last count under four presidents. He is Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. Uh, and also in Studio A there in Upper Georgetown, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He is the one that we know as Admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Admiral Ken. Hello, Justin. And I am doing a split-screen version down here in sunny South Florida. It's funny because it's like bizarro world. Uh, Admiral Ken, you're up in studio, and I'm in Florida this time. Uh, lots to talk about. We've got, uh, oh, we've also got Rob the Engineer behind the glass keeping us honest. Uh, hello, Rob. Hello, Justin. I uh, see he can't wave at me. I can't say up. He's waving at us. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about. Let, let's let's start by talking about uh, the appearance of the attorney general this week in front of the Senate uh, uh, Judiciary Appropriations House House House, House. I'm Appropriations sorry. Committee House Appropriations Committee for Justice. The uh, the House Appropriations Committee pretty much uh, came out. In what should have been a standard appropriations hearing with the attorney general outlining his top priorities for funding, uh, ended up kind of going sideways. And uh, the, of course, 300-pound orange gorilla in the room was, in fact, the Mueller report. The Mueller report was brought up. Uh, let's talk about, first of all, the the approach that uh Attorney General Bill Barr took uh, Alan Moore. He was he was pretty direct. He answered the first series of questions and then went deep into. I'm not going to answer any more of those questions. I'm going to testify in a couple of months uh, or in a couple of weeks, rather, in front of the Senate Judiciary and House Judiciary. Did did he do the right thing? as far as transparency or is this still an attorney general that is slated to protect the president? He did everything that one could reasonably expect him to do and, and what one would expect and want him to do. And that is to carry out a very consistent narrative that he uh, has had since he received the Mueller report. When he said, I got the report, I hope to have at least something to say to the country within a couple of days. And within and two days later, um, he issued a, a four-pager, he and the deputy secretary, um, uh, a, a deputy attorney general, say, saying the, the Mueller report finds no evidence of collusion with the Russians, uh, and, it, and it does not reach a conclusion. Uh, it does not exonerate the president on obstruction, but we've looked at it, and we don't believe that there's enough here to bring such a charge. Um, I w we will be preparing a much longer—this was all in that letter—version, uh, 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 summary of the report, uh, which we hope to have to you soon. 
Um, and then the, initially the Democrats were shocked that, oh, my gosh, we thought we were going to this was going to be the, the straight road to impeachment. Um, darn, very depressed about no collusion. And then they started f- zeroing in on the obstruction piece. Uh, there have been rumors more recently that people at the FBI said, well, we don't think that was a, a faithful summary. And now we're getting all this this pushback on the Hill from Democrats, particularly in the House, saying, we want the whole report. We want the whole report. We want the whole report. Before they have the redacted version of a three or 400-page document, um, which is just a reminder that when they don't have anything useful to say, they will say it anyway over and over and over again. The, the bar answered a couple of questions and said, in a week, we yep. expect that you will have a redacted report. The White House has not asked to see it. We have not offered to show that to him. Um, we, we've asked Mueller if he wanted to see anything we've written. He said no. Um, and we will have it for you. And, and he described the areas that are going to be redacted. Yeah, I mean, Let's see what he produces. And then we'll be on a much better basis, Republicans and Democrats, to say, oh, my God, you wiped out the report. Or, right, Alan, wow, Alan, there's plenty here to, of Alan, to the, chew on. The question, though, came up uh, on, on several occasions where the attorney general was asked what – are your parameters for red action? Obviously, tradecraft, the intelligence community, they that those factors are going to be uh, th- those factors will be red acted. Uh, he talked about anything that is open investigations; those will obviously be red acted. He talked about grand jury, the the uh, what is it, the six A rule that will be reacted. Redacted. But he also brought up the, the one that's getting everybody's attention is the one that will uh they will red act anything that will possibly uh impudiate the reputation or the name of somebody on the periphery uh talking to several both attorneys and legal professors they there's confusion as to what that really means does he in fact red act anything involving the president's children even though that they were not indicted uh or named as co-conspirators or does this directly go to the protection of the president alan i mean you you see i I have no idea and in a week when we have the report it'll be a useful subject to talk about but right now it, it it it's like let's see what he does. Oh my God! What if he does this? Oh, what if he does that? We're gonna know. We're gonna know the answer to that very soon. And he's offered. over him. If what? There's. I mean, it's not a cloud. It's it's not a cloud until the cloud actually exists. Let's see what he produces. He even said apparently today. Hey, if if the the chair, the the two judiciary chairs and ranking members, so Nadler in the House and Lindsey Graham in the Senate, want to sit down and go through some of the redactions in more detail, we can talk about that. I'm open to that possibility. And Nadler immediately shot back and said, the entire Congress uh, deserves to see this stuff. Well, We'll see. You know, it's it 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 just fascinates me how much time I don't mean on this show, but but on show after show and 
and in in speech after speech in the House, all of this talk about how we have to see everything, and then well maybe not this part, but maybe that. Um, and some people want to see it all, no matter what. Let me jump in real quick because in and Admiral Ken, I'm going to pose this question to you. I mean, I agree with. I agree with Alan on the situation that this thing has taken up way too much of news cycle. But at the same time, is it not justified to say that, look, you have a president that has said that, hey, release it unredacted. I don't care. Uh, Shouldn't the public or at least Congress be read in on an unredacted Mueller report? for true transparency um no why um so one i i i'm i i'm forced to to agree with my usually reactive friend alan here um <laughs> and um and say that that, that joke <laughs> show. Yeah, remember two different shows uh, it's okay um it, I, I i agree with everything alan just said i mean one you you can't expose sources and methods. We've already we've already, for all practical purposes, castigated the president for doing that. You know, in the Oval Office when he was talking yeah, to the Russians. Not, I mean, we're, yeah. not, we're not talking about releasing it to the general public. But you I, just you, um, I'm answering your question. I said at least to Congress, should they not be? And not given- everybody in Congress has the requisite security clearances to be able to see this stuff. People that on the intelligence committees, absolutely, yeah, no doubt about that. But everybody else, no. And with regard to uh, grand jury material or uh, materials that may um, call into question perfectly innocent people who had the mis, um, mistake of, of, of even dealing with these people in the periphery and, and, and required them being investigated, I, I'd like to have them protected as well. Uh, so I, I am prepared to wait for the redacted report. I am prepared to you know sit down and read the redacted report. And if there are questions uh, that arise from things that are redacted, uh, I am hopeful that there are reasonable and and also inquisitive eyes uh, amongst those who've got the appropriate credentials to ask those questions and see the answers, and that those would be professional enough and patriotic enough to answer uh, or to only put out what is minimally necessary for people to understand without compromising anything that's that's uh, held in value. Yeah, Alan Moore. Same yeah. No, I I I I I completely agree. We're we're going to see what what comes out. I I believe that Barr is going to bend in favor of the greatest possible transparency, so he doesn't have to constantly get hammered. Now, there's going to be blanks, and there are going to be people who are going to comment on that, and we're going to and and, the, and there's going to be a lot of commentary on it, and people are going to say. Hey, you know, he did a pretty good job. We still want to see this. Or, oh my God, we 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 a four hundred page report became a hundred and fifty page report. That doesn't cut it. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to see ninety plus percent of it, and then I think Barr is going to say, and he has every every right to say, you want more, take it to court. Let a federal judge decide because we feel that we are on rock solid legal ground for the redactions we made. We went as far as we could. We tried to bend in the favor of transparency. You don't agree. See if you can get a federal judge to dis- to agree with you and and you're golden. In the meantime, if if 
if a, a handful of people want a briefing, I mentioned that the, the 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 chairs and ranking members of the two judiciary committees, where he's apparently made this offer. Um, that offer may be more attractive when we've got the full report. But until we have the full report, um, we're just um, what's the polite word for in the wind? Um, well, there's a little of that, and then there's also a little bit of other things that we're, people we're sometimes do when they're <laughs> by themselves. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It involves a circle, and okay. you know, and, and I and I and I'll I'll, I'll follow up my, my comments. I have no reason to want to see the president protect, protected from things that he's done. I, I want I want there to be as much disclosure because, quite frankly, I I, I think that there's a I think there's a significant amount of there there. Apparently, uh, 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 Attorney General Barr doesn't think there's enough uh, there to prosecute. But there's the, there's the prosecution in uh, a court of law, and then there's prosecution in the court of public opinion. And I think the, the court of public opinion uh, is, is, is sitting uh, on its hands and waiting with bated breath to see what's out there. And I'm one of them. All right. Well, I, I mean, but at the same time, when we, when we look at all things being equal, uh, Alan Moore does – the fact that uh, there's a fact that the Republicans, some Republicans are being accused of being hypocritical by saying, no, the redaction's correct. Uh, you know, they bring up those opposing uh, full and open disclosure, bring up the Ken Starr report during the Clinton impeachment. Uh, is, is there an argument there? Ken Starr report was brought out. It was completely transparent, completely unredacted and released to everybody. Um, and yet they're holding it close to the vest now. Is there some sort of, so so first of all, first of all, you're falling back into the same trap, Justin. I haven't heard a single solitary Republican say, I like these redactions. You know why? They haven't seen them yet. They don't know what's in and what isn't. And Ken Starr, if you will recall, wrote a report that that included all of the findings of their investigation. They turned the entire report over to the Congress, expecting that it would spend some time figuring out what to release to the public, never expecting them at all to simply turn right around and say, here it is. Um, I think they made a big mistake and left way too much stuff in there that they didn't need uh, to to fulfill their job. And I think that anybody following on Ken Starr would not say, oh, yeah, that's the way to do it. They would say, no, we're not going to make that mistake again. We're going to be very careful what we with what we put out because we don't have any confidence that the Congress has the ability to contain something that is shared throughout uh, uh, its entire membership. So I think that that the lesson from Ken Starr is that's not how to do it. But Republicans and Democrats alike are waiting to see most of the country. Not waiting to see 
caring a lot more about the fact that 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 UVA won in overtime last night over Texas Tech, um, and uh, who's going to win at the Masters this week uh, in, in in Augusta, and is not paying that much attention. Right. Hey, just uh, what while we're talking here, um, we're we're going to take a break, and when we come back. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about what's going on in the 2020 presidential uh, race. There's a lot of people in this thing. It is ba- it has been equated to what happens when all four lanes of the American Legion Bridge get blocked during uh, rush hour in Washington, D.C. That kind of looks like the 2020 race for the Dems right now. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back in a few minutes, we'll talk. And that's why we are the best political talk show You've never heard of this is Backroom Politics from Podcast Village. We'll be back in two minutes. Hello, Heartstream. Where have you been? If you could only read my mind, what a tale you'd find. If I could, I would be bound forever. And I'd never sever me from you. You won't be Let's give it one more chance, one more slow dance, heartstring, let's sing, tie my heart to you. Hello, heartstring, where have you been? If you could only read my mind, what a tale you'd find. Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And we're back with the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. In Studio A, we have Ellen Moore, Admiral Ken. We've got Rob the Engineer working the boards in the cage. And I'm your host, moderator Justin Russell, in the Sprit Screen Edition, broadcasting live from or broadcasting from South Florida. Hey, uh, want to talk about the uh, talk about the 2020 Democratic uh, 
log jam that's forming up for the presidential nomination on the Dem side. A uh, couple of big ticket items that are coming out. Number one, uh, we talk about uh, Joe Biden. Let's let's talk about the Joe Biden factor first. Uh, Joe Biden, in case you know, has been accused of creepiness and inappropriate uh, touching, inappropriate contact. Uh, which has become an issue-ish. Uh, however, Joe Biden didn't help himself by appearing in front of a gathering of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers in Washington, D.C., and during that, he seemed to make light of the accusations brought up by these four women. Uh, let's start with... In, He's still tap dancing around uh, the joining the presidential race. He was quoted outside of the venue where the uh, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers were meeting. of saying, I always expected to be the last one to enter the race. Let's talk about Joe Biden for a second. Uh, Admiral Ken Joe Biden was Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden made a joke. He seemed to make light of the accusations by saying uh, the president of the the international president of the union, uh, quote unquote, uh, told me I could hug him. And then when a couple of kids came out on stage, he hugged the kids and brought one of them close to him and said, yeah, he said I could hug him, too. Uh, is is, is Joe Biden digging himself a deeper hole or is this just uh, Joe Biden being Joe Biden? I think it's probably the latter, but I also I also if 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 he were taking phone calls from me, uh, I would say quit talking about this and get back on message. Uh, there's enough people um, on um, on the Democratic side and the Republican side that hold him in great regard. And it's getting harder and harder for them to continue doing that if he keeps bringing it up. And I think he missed an opportunity to just talk about what he would do if he were president. I think he missed an opportunity to, you know, further criticize uh, what he has seen uh, that's going that's been going on for the last two and a half, three years. And um, and the best thing that he can do, he's already issued his apology. Uh, he's made the comment that. Uh, he needs to show greater sensitivity, and I think by bringing it up over and over and over again, it's giving his critics uh, m- more mud to sling at him. Yeah, but Alan Moore, opponents of Joe Biden, when he came out of that uh, IBEW event after saying and making light of the situation, uh, when he came out to the press spray, he said that, you know, this is a very serious subject. Women need to be heard. Uh, some of the accusers called it, one of them even called it a slap in the face, uh, is, in fact, Joe Biden digging himself a deeper hole, or, as some are accusing, is this a political hit job by opponents? Yes and yes. Um, he he has hurt himself, and as Ken says, the smartest thing he can do is just shut up. He shouldn't have made the creepy little video that he made where he's got like in, in a house and, and a light, uh, kind of a weird looking lamp behind him. And he's trying to be informal. Um, uh, he should have found a different kind of venue to talk to somebody and let the and let the press do it. Um, and then don't joke about it. You don't. 
apologize and sort of come to, the, to this discovery that how you've been acting all of this time is created problems and made people feel uncomfortable for years and years. One of these incidents was 10 years old, and there's others that are older. And then on the heels of that, his wife writes a book that comes out this week in which she said it was a little strange at first because everybody in the family was all huggy-huggy, and it was a little awkward and uncomfortable. Um, Unfortunate timing. So shut up, and if you're asked about it, in town hall meetings or in, in press, say I'm I'm uh, I'm learning a lot and I'm trying to apply my new lessons. What's but, next? And, but, but, and and don't and and don't joke about it. it and it, we talked about this last week, Alan. But but again, the the more and more that the uh, the accusers are coming out. We mentioned it last week that even one of them came out and said that some of this was politically motivated. Is it is it fair? Not just to Joe Biden, but is it fair to those accusers who have serious issues that need to be heard uh, that this is being brought up as political ammo? Does it lessen the argument? And does that help Joe? It does, or does that hurt Joe? Whether Biden? It, whether it does or whether it is or isn't political, and I don't, I I have no reason <laughs> to believe that there aren't some some political types who are feeding it. Um, whether the very first report was was encouraged by uh, by political friends of 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 a Biden opponent um, uh, or or Biden enemy, I don't know. I think the other people came out sort of decided, wow, yeah, I remember this incident happened. I felt kind of uncomfortable about it. Maybe I'll mention that too. And then there's this, you know, the, the not a cascade because I think there's only four or five so far. There may be a few more. The, the thing that saves him is that two things. One, one, that no one said that they thought that it was sexual in nature. It might have been or might might not have been. But 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 the people who were made uncomfortable said they didn't sense that. That's very, very useful and helpful if he doesn't mess it up. And the other thing is that people have seen him and know him for a long time as being kind of physically uh, affectionate. Um, the the irony, there is an irony. If you haven't looked at it, go look, go go find the the Comedy Central um, uh, session on the audacity of grope, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's a bunch it's a bunch of of little. Uh, Photos, pictures, some of which you've seen of of Biden getting way too close uh, to women, and then a, a, a piece with Samantha B, who at right. that time was was one was John Stewart's person at the White House, which is particularly funny. And that's five years old, right. and it's the same storyline. It's the same, it's the same piece. I mean, we've been talking about he, he was, Joe Biden creepy hugs for decades. He was still. Vice President, when they did that piece, right, um, and right. somehow the, the he didn't get the memo, um, but he's got the memo now, and he has got to really restrain himself, and he's got to make sure that the people who are close by, you know, are kind of in a position to remind him. He's right. he's in his mid seventies too. That, it's hard to internalize a new behavior from something you've been doing for forty five years. True. So, so he he's he's right. he's got to be careful now. This, as soon as this issue goes away, the 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 complaints are going to creep back in about how he he 
allegedly, in, in the mind of the accusers, um, did not protect Anita Hill the way he might have. Right, right. Some of us who were present at that time have a different view of what he did and did not do, but it's a narrative that's out there that he's also had to struggle with and wrestle with. Right. Um, so he's got a couple of issues here that 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 touch on the subject right. of his respect gotcha. for women that he he Ad- needs to be really careful of. Admiral Ken, am I the only one that sees the irony that uh, when asked about this, President Trump uh, said that uh, yeah. It, this situation disqualifies Joe Biden from running from president. And uh, why, why does that, why does the irony lost on everybody else or is it? I don't have an answer to that question that's suitable for a transmission on the public channel. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. Please. Hey, the, the other, the other big story coming out is uh, the money. And what could end up being a money problem for the Democrats, uh, it, several of the candidates have announced uh, their uh, their big windfalls. Uh, out of the big money announcements, out of the out of the five candidates or six candidates rather that that announced their money earnings, uh, Alan Moore, which one surprised you more? Was it that Andrew Yang raised one point seven million dollars? Was it that uh, Pete Buttigieg did as well as he did? Uh, what's the big surprise in the uh, money announcements for this? First well, quarter? so so yeah, um, Mayor Pete um, seven million was was it seven? That 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 was a surprise. Uh, yesterday, uh, Amy Klobuchar came up with five point two million, which is a perfectly respectable number. Um, I don't know if you're aware of one of her approaches, um, which is all over Facebook to say, be a founding donor to the Klobuchar for president campaign, send in $1. Right. And she was bragging about the, the, the low, (laughs) the low average 85% of her donors are under a hundred, probably 80% are under 10, but but the the it's interesting because the the criteria for being able to participate in the debates are you have to have a a, a certain number of donors and a certain amount of money so you want to figure out ways to do that i remember one candidate was saying send me a dollar and i'll give 2 dollars to a charity of your choice um, which is <laughs> interesting in its own right, but but on top of the fact that it might violate federal election law, nonetheless, but that's another story. <laughs> well, nonetheless, she got she raised five point two million, and she only announced yesterday. We still haven't seen right. Elizabeth Warren's numbers. That surprises me a little because it suggests that she's looking for exactly the right moment. Does she ha- or does, to, does to put the lower she- numbers at? Because remember, she has said no, no PAC money, no lobbyist money. Um, I, does I saw, it suggest that she might have a fundraising problem? She may, but I don't know. We'll 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 know more in a minute. Uh, I mean, in a, in a day, two days, three days, right. whatever. Um, Biden's not in. He doesn't need any numbers. Um, the moment he gets in, and I still believe that he will, then the following quarter, there'll be a lot of attention to that. There was some some reporting this morning comparing this first quarter of reports right. to, of, of, of all the candidates to, to 2007, the first quarter, when you had Clinton and Obama 
and John Edwards, but, and their numbers collectively were significantly higher than the numbers of the 15 that we've now got. And people are trying to figure out what that means. And and for me, one of the, you know, A, there's, we need some thinning out and the bigger money right. is sitting on the side, but also... There's a bunch of candidates who've said they're not going to take PAC money and don't right. want the bigger checks. Well, we'll see how that works out right. over time. Ad, Admiral Ken, uh, the $18.2 million number that Bernie Sanders announced <laughs> in first quarter fundraising, uh, should we be shocked by that? No, I don't think so. I, I think that, um, you know, we, we've talked on, on previous shows about the fact that, you know, Bernie. Uh, the, the Democratic, the National Democratic Party, just didn't treat uh, Bernie Sanders with any real respect, and I think there, there, he had a very large following uh, that I think are still out there, and I think the numbers that you're seeing are representative of that of that following. Um, so, no, I don't think we should have been surprised by it. But I guess Alan Moore, I'll ask you the same question: Is is the 18.2 that we saw from Bernie is that sustainable? I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see. He, he's certainly a well-known, uh, uh, figure here. He may wear well, he may not, he may stumble, he may slip. Um, so the fact that he's the best known and leads in, uh, in, among the current group, among everybody, you would think he would be, have the most money. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, is second with 12 million. That's more impressive, I think, than his 18, but, but it's all about, the sustainability here and we we just don't know because so much money is still sitting on the sidelines um and uh, and then people are waiting to see what biden does so he he's not in but he he leads the polls f- for all the likely candidates so it's right. everybody who's announced and then uh, uh, Biden, um, and there's a few others on the on the sidelines who may get in, like Terry McAuliffe, former governor of Virginia. I think he's still exploring the possibility, and he he is shown a history of being a a successful fundraiser and was a pretty good governor. So, right, but doesn't this create doesn't this create a, a financial logjam for when they really need the money, and that's in either deep in the primary cycle or even more importantly, does this create a financial logjam of democratic money that should be used in a general election to beat Trump? It's not that much money. I think there's, as I said, I think there's plenty of money that's, that's, that's out there. The, 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 the the curious thing is this, this online small donor uh, phenomenon. Um, But there's a lot of big money that's still uh, hanging out there. Uh, And Elizabeth Warren has said, no, I don't want that money. But I don't know that other people have said that. Should it should it surprise us, uh, Admiral Ken, that uh, Beto O'Rourke, who who came out strong in the first 24 hours, uh, is the nine point four million that he raises first quarter impressive or should this be something that should worry him. Well, I, I we, we've talked before, you know, about the Beto uh, fever, and I, I, you know, the guy lost. You don't, it. You don't have it. No, the, the fever broke. Yeah, I, I never had it. Yeah, I mean, the guy lost to Ted Cruz. I mean, and, and you know, and you know, we talked about the fact about Ted Cruz's likability factors, and um, I, you know, I think he's. 
Um, he's he's interesting. Uh, I, I think if I'm going to get excited about anybody, it's Mayor Pete. So, but um, but yeah, I I don't, I don't I think it's too early. And like, and like Alan just said, I don't think it's a lot of money. I think there's still more money on the table. And it's early. It's way early. Beto raised seventy million dollars to run against Cruz. So, uh, and I don't see him raising any seventy million here because a lot of the people who gave him money from all over the country, who were Cruz haters and who saw this potential opportunity to pick up a Senate seat, send a signal, and and, and all of that. Are you saying that Beto O'Rourke burnt out early? Well, in the minds of a lot of those people, they started to they they saw his visit to the dentist, and they saw him wandering out in the wilderness, uh, trying to find himself, and leaving his wife and three kids behind, and then making some inappropriate comments about that. He has not done himself a lot of favors, and so uh, I just think that people now that they've got a bunch of of, of options to look at can say, wait. I want a woman. I like Kamala Harris. Wow, Mayor Pete. He's he's a uh, you know got some of the appeal of a Beto, but he makes more sense and he seems more stable. Um, so there's there's a lot to pick from for the the the, the small donors, and I'm and, and now the the Beto donors from before who were motivated by the Cruz factor. Um, every bit as much as by Beto being kind of attractive. I just don't think he's as attractive. The fever broke. The fever broke. Hey, uh, Emma Ken, I I heard uh, a term the other day called Bernie burnout. Is is Bernie... Bernie seems to have still generated that young millennium free college for all Healthcare for all, democratic socialists, I am powerful, hear me roar, crowd. But there seems to be a diversity issue in that crowd. We're not seeing a lot of minority voters. Bernie's We're not got a, seeing, in a short, Bernie's got a black black, black problem. Does I mean he does? You can say that I can't. Well, no, does he I mean, have no. A, I mean, yeah, does Bernie have a black problem? Yeah, yeah he does. And, and and quite frankly, I'm not entirely sure why. Um, you know, I don't know why. I um, I think I think the 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 people that are his biggest supporters, um, um. I, for whatever reason, he just didn't tap. He did not tap into the demographic that that uh, as well as. Um, Barack Obama did, and I and I don't know why, but there you know, you there, know the, there there there's there is some animus. You know, I I I would hate to think it's because he's Jewish, because that's just stupid, and I don't I don't I don't approve uh, well, racism. No, 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 any, hold any, on, hold on. You asked the question. I'm giving you a full and complete no, no, answer. No, 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 no. But hold 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 on to that thought because I want to I want to re- reinforce what you're saying though, is because I was I was talking with a a uh, a black person. And a Jewish person. This sounds and... like the beginning of a joke. No, no, it's not. <laughs> was this in a bar? Was this in a no, bar? No, no, it, it, it wasn't a bar. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, but, but here's the thing: in talking about Bernie, the, the the it seems to me that Bernie did himself a lot of damage by coming out in Brooklyn and announcing, "I am just a simple Jewish kid from Brooklyn." Which, if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to garner a diversity in your electorate, saying that I'm a Jew from Brooklyn, you might as well have done it in Jones Beach. You might as well have done it in Crown Heights. I, I where was he? Where was he when the racial tensions between the Jews in Brooklyn and the blacks in Brooklyn were fired up like they were? He was the mayor 
of Burlington. Well, again, does, does I, that, I, I mean, does he not do himself any help? I don't know that. I, I don't know that that statement um, did uh, hurt him or did not hurt him. Uh, I think the second part of your question, where was he when racial tensions uh, were between Jews and blacks were as high as they were um, uh, back in the 80s? Uh, where was he then? That's a legitimate question. And um, but, you know, Al Sharpton got a TV show, man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 like, you know, I don't I you know, personally, I think the the, the American memory uh, especially among young people that probably weren't even born then, um, is is not that long. I, I fundamentally don't understand um, what 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 the issue is with regard to Bernie Sanders um, and, and among among a lot of of, of African Americans. I don't understand it. Um, but uh, that being said, you know we 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 gather around these 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 uh, these these virtual tables and we talk about the crazy things that are going on in the country. And this it's just seem, it's just one more thing. It, it, while I got you on the on the, on the hook on this one, Admiral Ken, I'm going to ask you, and this is going to sound like a strange question: Does Camilla Harris have a black problem? Um. Yeah, I would probably say not as severe as Bernie. <laughs> 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 um, you know, you know, there, 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 there's, you know, so the the black community, and I, you know, what what I really hate, what I really hated uh, as 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 a younger person, and I still do now, is when people um, who have some level of prominence that are people of color take it upon themselves to speak for all black people as if we all think the same way. No, and so, absolutely. and and I, that that really annoys me. And I am, and, and I I'm if 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 you're among if you're someone in the audience listening to this and think I'm about to do it, I'm not. So um, I think the thing that I would say is that you know every every ethnic um, group in this country have uh, has some some pre uh, some some preconceived notions about what full membership in that ethnic group means or does not mean. And I think that um, Kamala Harris probably has some of the same challenges that Bernie Sanders has among among the people in his in his uh, uh, ethnic group. So I'll just say that you know right now I think that the thing that that any of these candidates needs to do is to avoid the thing that President Obama talked about over the weekend, and that's the creation of a circular firing squad. That. You know, they need to basically take a real firm, hard look at what the what what a, a successful candidate um, looks like, be they Jewish, black, male, female, gay, straight or whatever. And they need to basically sit down and take a real hard collective look and figure out what they need to do to beat Donald Trump in the polls. Well, that brings up about that brings up an interesting point. Alan Moore, you know, there's there are some uh, there's some that are saying that uh, if you look at Cory Booker and you look at Camilla Harris, that they're basically the same candidate. One's male, one's female. They, they, they. That's insulting. But go ahead. Why is that? Why is that insulting? Because they're both black. Why is that but, insulting? But that's not what. The, that's not what. The, that's not what they're going with. The, the, what they're going with is they are. The, I don't see them both, that similarly myself at all. So. Anyway, well, well, okay, but it seems like a convenient way to describe them because they both they happen to be the two African Americans. I I think they have very different backgrounds, different appeals. Um, so 
but the, the the fact that they're both uh le- they're they're both left of center arguably they're not totally like, every, like, like everybody else in the group well le- I mean, left wait, of center. Well, wait a minute do, do you put do you put bernie sanders in the left of center no i mean but but they're all if if you're the left of center is for me is a is a is a covers a wide range all over to the to to the end so i i hear what you, your use was you were you were trying to say they're left of center and there are f- some of these candidates are much there are more farther progressive left. candidates but they're out all there falling than those there, there are but they're all falling all over themselves to line up with some of these uh, highly progressive notions of Medicare for all, uh, Green New Deal, and so on. I think they've both signed on to to those, um, which is are hardly sort of courageous moderate positions. But is 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 the fact that we're seeing so much? I mean, not to mention the fact that you know the the, uh, the Cory Booker, Camilla Harris are the same. You the, it could be same the same thing about Beta O'Rourke in that same vein. That young, middle-aged, slightly left of center, uh, not as progressive as others, is that going to lose its allure <laughs> once? Somebody like a Pete Buttigieg, who's more religious than some, apparently, uh, a, a Joe Biden, who is more old school than some. Is it is that circle going to wipe itself out? I guess I don't. I, I don't know. I I mean, I see the 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 Harris's, Aurorics, Booker's being in in the the middle of the democratic stream with people to their left and people to their right and getting to their right is the is the is the path that a joe biden would presumably try to 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 fill um and 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 take all of those who have jumped on to the world of free college free lunch free health care um uh and and say those are aspirational but they don't work and let the the klobuchars and the bidens and 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 i think uh buddha judge try to to make the case for being progressive of aspiration, but practical of of political approach. Admiral Ken, I, I think that you know I'm seeing something here that 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 I think is really interesting. So Donald Trump, Donald Trump um, tapped into something in this country when he won the election in 2016, and what he tapped into was that there was a a, a vast number of people for whom the system was not working. And they wanted a a loud, brash, uh, common man uh, to come in and blow the place up, and uh, and and start looking out for um, looking out for them. And what we've gotten has been just that. Um, and I think that the 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 reaction that the Democrats have have uh, have had to this. It has shown up in the form of 18 going on 19 or 20 candidates for president who are all for the for the most part with the exception of maybe one or two uh mayor pete and and and, and possibly joe biden are all well left of center 
And I think what they've done is they've 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 mistaken they've mistaken the the country's anxiety toward Donald Trump as the desire for something extremely left versus the desire for something stable and dependable. And um, and 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 I think that uh, people like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, um, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, they're, they're that left to center group that I think, quite frankly, are run the run the risk of completely misunderstanding what's going on here. Well, Alan Moore, let me ask this question. And it's a question that was brought up by Joe Biden is when did being a Democratic candidate for president have to be? "Quote unquote progressive," and and have we, as an American electorate, lost sight of what is progressive versus what is uh, democratic socialist or what is moderate? Is is Joe on track with something there? Yeah, I'm not sure he's. I, I don't. I didn't hear his statement identifying those as progressive. I mean, the 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 Democrats went through a long time. Uh, trying trying to drop the label liberal, right, and and created the word progressive because they thought that it would be less triggering for people who had been demonizing liberals for a long time. Now we've got progressive and we've got socialist, which is the demonizing word, and then but some people are embracing it, and then there's a bit of a comeback on liberal. I think that that where where Biden finds his lane is in being pragmatic, caring, accessible, honest, um, strong enough to deal with um, the demands of the the, the rough and tumble of politics. Um, I think people think that he's a decent guy who's pretty honest. He doesn't play all the, the verbal games that some uh, politicians do. Everybody has got to find a way to talk about the president, but not just talk about the president. I think Elizabeth Warren the other day said we can't just run um, by being against Trump. We have to be for things. And she's she's for lots and lots of things that she knows a lot about. And I'm not sure how many people are listening. There's a little bit of a reminder, a little echo of Hillary Clinton there right. of being overprepared on, 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 on her position papers. Um and and not very uh, likable, not very approachable, and, and I think now, Ken made that point earlier. We're we're seeing we're seeing almost a candidate a day almost jump into the race. Uh, yesterday, uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell jumped in the race. Uh, Eric Yang, the uh, California businessman, jumped in to the race. Um, Admiral Ken, is Stacey Abrams an outlier? Could she be uh, a, a maneuvering factor going ahead in 2020? I put her in the same category, quite frankly, as I do Beto O'Rourke. I think uh, both of them would be great running mates uh, for whoever um, the, the primary candidate is. That, that, that but she's is. already come out and said that she won't be the vice president, at least in the rumors that were going around versus and, 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 uh, Joe Biden and, uh, and her. Again, that doesn't that does not change. I, she's not said she wouldn't be vice president. And that does not change. That does not change my my assessment of her or, or Beto O'Rourke. 
I think they she, are great running mates. She but came I out. And she came out. She last said week. she wasn't interested in being on a ticket with Biden and and her. That's very different than saying I am not interested in being vice president. Okay, she's not fair that, enough. She's fair not enough. that arrogant. Okay, uh, nobody is. But uh, again, like I said, I, I, I put them in the same category. I think they would okay. be great running mates. I don't think they're ready to be president of the United States. I, and I think Donald Trump is proof that not just any old Tom, Dick, or Harry or Donald can get it done. Okay, fair <laughs> they enough. They might be able to get elected. Yeah, might get elected. But they can't get it done. They can't get it done. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it, it, at, at the same point, uh, does all these candidates and all the money spending – are they going to be able to sustain this kind of money into the general election, Ellen Moore? They don't have to. I'm sorry. They, I, I, there's going to be a group of three to five who will emerge from the over the next few months um, and into the end of the year. That group will be able to continue to, to to pay for itself. It's going to get more and more expensive as time goes by. The, the rest of them have enough money to go for a good while. Donald Trump showed them you don't need to spend a massive amount of money necessarily, and there's a lot of ways to raise money these days. So you well, can that get... breaks the question. That breaks the question: Is there a Democratic Donald Trump? We hope not. Amen, Admiral. Amen. Is is there somebody that could come out from the thought of political Netherlands that could surprise everybody? And and well, Trump pull? is Trump. Trump is proof of that. That 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 is a possibility. But is 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 Pete Buttigieg the, that person? Well, I, I <laughs> to talk about him as as the the Democratic Donald Trump is just well, is, is kind of mind blowing. No, 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 no. You're thing, taking out of context. You're taking out of context. What I'm saying is, I'm is only there listening somebody, to your words, is, Justin. That's no, well, wait that's minute, my wait fault. Minute, wait a minute. If, 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 is there somebody that can come out that nobody would expect could actually pull out the election, uh, pull out their party's nomination, and pull out an election? Is Pete Buttigieg or somebody else? In that mid-tier, that person. If if Buttigieg could emerge, he would definitely be the biggest surprise of of all these others because no one was talking about him the way they were talking about Warren or Kamala Harris or 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 Cory Booker. Even Klobuchar was getting more talk because had more visibility than than Mayor Pete. But but uh, so he would be the kind of miracle candidate. Um, that that Beto O'Rourke would like to be, but I don't. I don't think has a prayer of being. If you're going to compare somebody with Trump, though, you've got to find somebody who could self-finance. That would be Mayor Bloomberg, um, and he's basically said, "If he's basically bowed out." Well, he said, "If Biden stays out, I might reassess because I think he sees Biden as filling that lane that he would try to fill." Um, and knows it's a long shot. It's just that he wouldn't have to worry about raising money. He would just pull out his checkbook. Right. So, Admiral Ken. So, you know, re- remembering that the the genesis of this genesis of this show was in a cigar lounge, um, and and uh, and we've 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 come so very far. But I don't want to get away from the fact that some really really wise things um, get said in the late evenings over cigars and, and a few um, um, a few. Um, Fermented liquors, um, 
And one of the things that came out last night was really interesting after the, uh, the, the amazing basketball game was we, were, we sat around and talked about an hour about the same subject that we're talking about now. And one of the gentlemen that I was with um, basically said, the next time that there's a presidential debate, it'll be like playing dozens when we were kids. And you have to find a, uh, a political candidate that can play dozens with Donald Trump and not get stepped on the way that all those Republicans did last time. You're going to have to explain what dozens is. Your mama sucks. That's, that's playing the dozens. Oh, and- okay. 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 Got it. Remember, mom, mo- mothers are on, mothers are out of bounds. No, no, no. But but you asked me for an example, <laughs> no, and I would never you. say that about I'm your just mother, Justin. You, I'm just telling you, mothers are out yeah, of bounds but, yeah, on this on show. Yeah, on this show. But I'm just telling you right now, the next time Donald Trump's on a, on a, on a, in front of a microphone, that's where it's going to degenerate to, and it's going to be blood sport. And the person that's going to emerge from that is going to win. And I got a feeling that if you look at the the cast of characters that are out there right now, you put that filter on them, it becomes clear who's going to win. I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to let that be the last word. Dozens. I haven't thought about that in a while. That's good. <laughs> Mama jokes. Anyway, on behalf of Admiral Ken Carradine, Al- Alan Moore, Rob, the engineer behind the glass cage, he's keeping us honest. I'm your host and moderator, Justin Russell. We will be back next time for the best political show you've never heard of, Backroom Politics from Studio A in Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. You can follow us on Twitter at Backroom Politics. You can follow us on Instagram, Backroom Politics. Follow us on our website, www.backroompolitics.org, where you can download all the historical documents. And you can even follow us on your favorite podcast broadcasting systems, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and even Spotify. We're kind of a big deal. Have a great week, America. We'll talk soon.